of our weekly Cricket Her podcast and we are back at home for the winter this week but where are we going to be by the magic of green screen Sid? Well we're at Allen Borderfield or Allen Boardfield as it's being renamed after the recent series between <laughs> New Zealand and Australia which was not the most scintillating cricket we've ever seen was it Raf? Well, it was a bit one-sided, wasn't it? Um, so, obviously, all the headlines this week are about the fact that Australia won the series 3-0 and they absolutely walloped New Zealand in the last match without Meg Lanning or Elise Perry, indeed. Um, so, yeah, that and they've also had this incredible winning streak now um, that I believe has equalised Ricky Ponting and Co.'s previous record-breaking winning streak. So, great for Meg Lanning's Australia. Um, however, Sid, you did publish a piece this week um, which suggested that maybe it wasn't so good for women's cricket as a whole. So do you want to just kind of summarise your piece for any viewers who might not have read it? Yeah, a slightly controversial piece, wasn't it? Um, and they, they say in journalism that if you're upsetting people on both sides, then you must be doing something right. So I managed to upset England fans by suggesting that Australia would have won the 2017 World Cup if they'd reached the final. And I upset Australia fans by saying that um, this was all a bit boring. And you probably um, upset New Zealand fans by suggesting that it was boring as well. Possibly. So well done. <laughs> a good I, week's work. I aim to please. <laughs> I aim and fail. <laughs> Um, no, I think um, the, the, the serious point underlying all this and, um, is that, and I, I think I actually didn't phrase this the best in the piece that I wrote, um, was that what's important to bear in mind is that none of this is actually Australia's fault. That Australia's dominance um, you know, is making things a bit dull. These games were not interesting in the same way that, unfortunately, the games between England and the West Indies weren't particularly interesting until it got to the fifth one where they played a five-over slogathon, which, you know, was actually more competitive. Um, you know, the, for the neutral fan, um, cricket needs to be competitive, to be, to be fun and to be interesting to watch. And unfortunately, these games weren't competitive and they just got less and less competitive as, as the series went on. Um, you know, yes, New Zealand won one of the T20s, but T20 is a bit more of a you know, game where you know, random factors can creep in. Whereas in the 50-over format, which is the one that, you know, that we all mostly you know, love and prefer to watch because you know, you can, um, T20 is great for you know, bringing in the fans and all that, but we really want to watch longer forms of cricket, don't mm. we, where, where people can build an innings, where people, bowlers can build a whole spell, not a, you know, a thing where the best bowler can only bowl four overs and you can only see her, you know, her send down a handful of balls. So we all want the, 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 the one-day format to be at its best, mm. and it's not at its best if it's not competitive, unfortunately. Um, and the point that I was trying to make was that um, I made an analogy with something that economists or uh, economic historians talk about, which is the tragedy of the commons, um, which is how... Uh, it's about the, the farming of common land, and it says that um, everybody farming common land will attempt to exploit the land in the most economically efficient way possible, 
But unfortunately, the result of this is that the land becomes unviable because everybody over-exploits the land because it's free and it's not their land, so, you know, they do that. And that's a little bit like what's happening here with Australia, that, you know, they're doing absolutely the right thing. And I'm not criticising, you know, Meg Lanning and co for winning matches because that's exactly what they're paid to do. Um, but, you know, nevertheless, the result of this is that their dominance, um, you know, is undermining the the entertainment value of the product and at the end of the day a product is actually important you know and I made this point um, during the test uh, in the last women's ashes at, at Taunton when Meg Lanning refused to to go for a win um, you know and again she was kind of doing the right thing and refusing to go for a win from the perspective of being Meg Lanning in the mm -hmm. here and now um, but ultimately actually Meg Lanning and the next Australia captain and the next Australia captain after her need an entertaining product that fans are going to be able to, to pay or that are going to want to pay to watch which is going to bring them through the gates which is going to have them paying their TV subscriptions or have the advertisers paying for the TV coverage and you know if there's not an entertaining product because you've turned it into a bore fest then that's really unfortunate for the game going forwards and a bore fest I'm afraid is what that Australia New Zealand series have become um, so that was my slightly controversial opinion, not one that was, I believe, shared by most of our readers, Raf. <laughs> oh, do you want me to read out the results of our Twitter poll now? Uh, you can if you want. Um, okay, well, I will. Um, so, oh, <laughs> we dispense with the paper bag for the purposes of the vodcast. Um, however, uh, yes, I, I wrote a, um, a piece taking the opposite view, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, and um, we, we um, put out a poll yesterday, which was about um, who is right. Um, now, I have to say that 37% uh, of the people who voted in our poll said that I was right. And 6% said that you were right. So once again, I do feel I've got the bragging rights here. Uh, however... <laughs> 28% of people who voted in the poll said we were both 100% wrong um, and 29% said that we were both 50% right. Um, so that's actually a reasonably high proportion who think that we're both complete nincompoops, isn't it? Yeah, and probably correct. So thanks very much for keeping us grounded, viewers. Um, it's very kind of you to, to vote in our poll and to give that impression. Um, I think, to some extent, where we're coming at this issue, Sid, is... Um, it's kind of two sides of the same coin, in the sense... Or, or... Hang on, can I just stop you there? Surely in the age of COVID, it's two sides of the same contactless credit card. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> or, a better analogy might be that your glass is half empty and my glass is half full, but it's got the same liquid in. And it's we, we are both concerned about Australia's dominance. But I suppose what my piece was trying to offer was a bit of a corrective um, to the idea that that means that international cricket or competitive international cricket is doomed and that basically Australia will just win everything forever and um, therefore it's going to be more interesting to watch the WBBL. Um, and I don't necessarily think that's right for a few reasons. As I said in my piece, the first is that Australia are very dominant in the one-day format, which, as you've just outlined, is an important format, but isn't the be-all and end-all, because 2020 cricket is the one that brings in the big global audiences, um, and it's certainly the, the one that's kind of the most... brings in the most revenue for women's cricket, arguably. Um, so, you know, therefore, that's more important. And actually, again, I've probably annoyed some Australia fans, um, so yay... 
for um, by by saying in my piece what is potentially a bit of a controversial view, which was that, which is that they weren't that great in the T Twenty World Cup. Yes, they were brilliant in the final, and that's the thing that sticks in people's memories. But they lost to India. They nearly lost to New Zealand. They nearly lost to South Africa in the semi final. Um, when it actually got played. So there were some close results there. So T20 cricket isn't um, a totally one-sided affair and it's never going to be because of the kind of random elements slightly to it. And the other thing is that test cricket, of course, which we don't see very much of, but potentially could, if we saw a revival of that, any nation could come to the fore and dominate that because everyone has so little experience of it. So there's that side of things. And the other um, point that I was trying to make is that actually um, let's not just throw up our hands and go, oh, well, Australia are the best then. You know, it's about some of the other cricket boards going, OK, well, let's try and catch up then. Um, and what happens is you don't improve exponentially. You improve hugely by making your domestic setup professional, as Australia have done. So you kind of go from here to up here very quickly, but then you hit a ceiling, don't you? You don't continue to improve exponentially. Um, so that's where Australia are at the moment, but other countries like England, we're currently investing in our domestic setup um, and we're gonna have domestic professionals going forward. So therefore we, we might potentially catch up in a few years time, It'll take a bit longer than we'd like, but it will happen. And you know, potentially India as well, if the BCCI can be persuaded to invest a bit more in domestic cricket, there's huge latent potential there, isn't there? Because you've got a country that's absolutely cricket mad and there's loads of girls and women playing, but they just haven't got those opportunities to kind of build that pathway. Um, you know, in a in a professionalised domestic setup. So hopefully, if that did happen, then very quickly India might potentially be able to be competitive as well at, at all levels of the game, as well as just in the in the T Twenty format as they are at the moment. So I don't think that it's um, necessarily as pessimistic a picture as you were painting. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, I think I don't think that there's a million miles between between our perspectives. Actually, I don't think they were completely opposite perspectives at all. Um, I I think that you're absolutely right. The only the only caveats I would put on all of that is that you know England are introducing a more professional domestic setup, but as we stand now, the height of England's ambition is to you know have half as many professionals as Australia have got, and that doesn't sound like a particularly high high ambition. Now it's true that there's some debate about how professional the professionals in Australia are, but there's also some debate about how professional the professionals in England are. And, you know, there are certainly people in Australia that are playing WBBL and WNCL and are carrying on with careers as things like doctors, you know, which is not a career that, you know, you can throw off in, you know, in, in, the, middle, in the middle of a global pandemic. Sorry, yeah. I've got to play cricket today. I can't come to work. Um, so you know, people are carrying on with careers, but people hit the 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 people on retainers were told, "Don't give up your day job." In England. In yeah. England. Um, so you know, right now, you know, Australia is here. The height of England's ambition right now is in four or five years' time that maybe we'll creep up towards somewhere around here. And <laughs> India, yes, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of potential in India, but India haven't even started. So you know, we're looking at a long time before before these things can actually come to fruition. And you know, that's a long time when Australia are going to be dom dominant, and a long time when the interest can start to fall off, and where we we stop being in a position to be able to grow this game, and when you know girls start going off and you know, watching football and hockey instead. Well, maybe, but Claire Connor has Great said. Great sports, by the way. Claire Connor has said on the record that her aspiration is for a fully professional domestic setup in England by 2024. 
Now, obviously, she said that pre-COVID, so that's a big caveat. Um, so potentially it might take a bit longer. H having said that, though, that I think that is the ECB... Well, it's certainly Claire Connor and the people working in women's cricket are the ECB's ambition, I think. OK, yeah, there's an aspiration to achieve that. Yeah. There's no actual plan to achieve anything more than getting up to you know the first couple of rungs. There's, a pl there's an actual plan for the first couple of rungs. But then after that, it's just more of a, a general aspiration that at some point we'll do this. Yeah, Whereas just... Australia are already there. Of course they and are. And India haven't even started. And as for other boards, like New Zealand and South Africa, they haven't even got the, you know, the, the financial clout to start making that happen. Which is why a lot of people are starting to talk about something you know, close to redistribution, which is what Tim Whitmore was talking about in The Telegraph, where he was saying you know, that perhaps... Um, the ICC need to fund this stuff. The ICC need to potentially take money from India and Australia and England and redistribute that on a more global basis to create that, that wider diaspora of professional players. Yeah, unfortunately, the ICC is um, not proving itself to be the most... Um, the, to, to be a body that is particularly open to those kind of redistributive... Policies, well, it's not the most socialist organisation in the world. It's not, is it? And so I think that that's perhaps unrealistic to aspire to the ICC leading the way in this. And obviously it does come back again to this problem that it's men who are interested in men's cricket who are running global cricket. And so, you know, in, in England, um, we have people who are genuinely committed to investing and, and trying to aspire to that fully... Um, professional domestic setup, um, and I don't think that necessarily we should therefore kind of expect um, the ICC to be the ones who are leading it. It should be it should be the board. So I know kind of make up the ICC, but it's it's a bit complicated, isn't it? Um, there's been talk actually. Um, Matthew Mott's been talking about reviving Australia A um, and kind of having a um, an Australia versus Australia A women's series, and that being. Um, a great developmental opportunity for some of the players who actually are really good but can't break into the current Australia eleven uh, because it, because you know competition for places is so high and he's obviously painting it in the media as a development thing but actually you know is that where we're heading is that kind of what you're saying Sid that actually we're going to end up with Australia the Australia A being the most exciting cricket? Well, I was a little bit puzzled by this Raf because. I, th I thought well, that's what the WBBL was supposed to be. Mm. Uh, you know, if, is, is Matthew Mott actually suggesting here that the WBBL is not providing competitive cricket for Australians? WNCL is not providing competitive cricket? Is that, that what you're saying, Matt? Just asking. <laughs> okay, well, let's throw it open to him to reply and he'll probably vote in the poll saying Sid is 100% wrong. Um... <laughs> that was him. It was, you know... Matthew Mott has 500 Twitter accounts and he clicks <laughs> against Sid, against Sid, against Sid. Clearly not. I'm sure he's got... I think no, he's, he's got a minion to do that for No, he's him. got... I was going to say, he's got better things to be doing with his time. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think we should probably wrap up there. But I think, you know, I, I, just, I just think it's not all doom and gloom. And it's not. In the middle of a global pandemic, let's try and keep some positiveness or positivity going around out there that was sort of the point of my yeah absolutely and Australia's achievement is fantastic mm -hmm. um you know and it's great for Australia fans that, that they've had this run and you know they're obviously a, a, like a, a team of super women and you know no one can stick with them at the moment but you know it, it's probably true that they won't last forever 
and you know they've got a system and this is an interesting piece of snail Perdon, right actually about mm. the fact that it's actually the system that's that's beaten everybody else not just the team but let's see if the system you know in that is good enough that other people can't catch up or whether they do great well um, we'll be back here in a week's time see you then bye <laughs>